The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Rob Marsh and Kira Hug from the Copywriter Club. We're going to be talking about the influence techniques that professional copywriters use to connect more deeply with their email readers, so we can all do a bit of that too. Before we dive into this conversation, we would love to keep this conversation going after the episode. So if you hear something in this episode that you would like to go and use, we want to hear about it, want you to talk about it. So come and join our free Facebook group. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. You can find it by opening up Facebook and searching for the Email Marketing Show Community or go to any web browser and just go to www.robandkennedy.group and we will forward you right over there. It's free to join. It's full of thousands of other business owners just like you, all talking about email marketing and all that good stuff every single day. He's about to fly to speak at a marketing conference in Las Vegas. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he's about to join me in Las Vegas. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. All right, tell us um, what you're doing in Las Vegas that I'm going to be doing in Las Vegas. What would you, what, what, why are we going to Las Vegas? You sort of ruined it with the fact. You said we were speaking at a marketing conference in Las Vegas. So that's what we're doing, isn't it? But because we're not very good at holidays, are we? So we're going to make it into a holiday. So we're going for a three-day conference, staying for a week. We'll go and see some amazing magic shows from people that we know. I'm going to have a, a lovely old time of it. It's all going to be just drugs and gambling, really, isn't it? Mostly with the drugs and gambling. I'm loving our efforts to sound much more rock and roll and cool than we actually are. It will be cups of tea and early nights, right? True. Hello, we are a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who love giving course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business. That basically means more sales, more predictably, in less time, with a brand new episode all together now every Email Marketing Wednesday. And because it is Email Marketing Wednesday, today is the perfect day, if you haven't already, to smash the subscribe button on your podcast player. Make sure that you get a little notification ding every time a new episode of the podcast is released every single Wednesday. Do that on your favorite podcast player. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. We do this for free every single week. Rob, we've got another Rob and Kira in the wings from the Copywriter Club. One of these three facts is true about them. So, straight faces, folks. One of these three things is true. Two of them are absolute bullshit that I've just made up. Okay. Is their karaoke song at conferences the song Something Stupid? Did Rob get stuck on a seesaw and have to be cut free by the fire department? Did Kira once eat a hamster? One of those three things is true. Excellent. Well, it's not the last one. Uh, So... Uh, is it going to be a karaoke song at conferences? That would sound like lots of conferences have karaoke, and I'm not convinced that's true, unless they go to a pub or a bar nearby the conference where there happens to be karaoke, which is always going to be a thing. I think you've made that up. Uh, where do you get stuck on a seesaw? I guess you put your legs through little metal things on a seesaw so you don't fall off, or the kids do anyway. Maybe that's a thing, but I think you've made that up. I think these are all made up. That's the answer. Uh, these are I promise all you, mate, one of them's true. I think that I think it's the seesaw, but I'm I'm gonna say the karaoke song, and then I've hedged my bets. Okay, Rob, Kira, which one's true? Rob, Rob has never been Rob has never been stuck on a seesaw, <laughs> uh, but Kira has eaten a hamster. I, I didn't 
I ate a guinea pig, so it's not entirely true. They're both. Oh, but I still would. I still would. They're both rodents, but those are different animals. I still would have ruled it out. I used to have a guinea pig. I'm horrified. Get off the podcast. They're they're delicious. I know that's why I don't have a guinea pig anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Rob also has eaten a guinea pig. (laughs) Oh really? Wow. Oh wow. Where where were you? Um, in Queens, New York. Okay. All right. And you were like, I don't know if the restaurant's still open, but it was like the only restaurant in New York that served guinea pig. Wow. Wow. I thought you were going to say like you were in the jungle somewhere, like on a trek <laughs> or an expedition. New York like, is the jungle. New York it, is the jungle. Put it on some sticks <laughs> over an open fire. It sounds no, lovely. It was, I want to get okay. into some uh, content, if that's okay, everybody. Is that, is that cool? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drag it, kick it, and scream it towards that. Obviously, you folks are training and teaching and helping people become copywriters basically either from scratch or improve their copywriting skills i know a huge part of that really is about how people connect with that audience right absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i mean if you don't connect if you're just throwing copy out into the wild people are going to ignore you right yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's get into some some practical techniques because you're all about practical stuff. That's what your entire world is about, is getting really down and practical and not in the head and in the clouds theoretical. So what are the kind of things that we can do to connect with people? Because it, it's tricky, right? Like people are receiving these emails probably on their phone as, as, a, as a growing majority. You can be this voiceless, faceless person. And I'm sure like yourselves, we get a lot of compliments around, I can hear you. I can feel the emotion coming through the screen when I, when I receive your emails. What kind of things should we be doing in order to do that? Okay, well, you have to create a brand voice, right? Which just means sound right like how you talk. So that might mean that you use ums and you use uh-huhs in your copy because that's how we actually talk. So it's not polishing yourself. So you don't sound like this really slick marketer, which like who trusts that person? So part of it is just like actually pulling your voice into the copy. And if you don't know how to do that, because most of us don't record yourself speaking and capture all the buts, all of the the ums, the oohs, the ahs, so that it can go into the, the text and the email copy. Okay, I like that. So it's almost like if you were to like dictate your email and, and just put it in exactly as it is, you would, if there's a um or a, well, you know, and uh, and, and what do you, how do you feel about grammatical correctness? Like, you know, never starting with an and and stuff, because I think that's bullshit. It's total. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crap. It's crap. It's funny. I, I actually sent out an email uh, last week where I wrote in it, bear with me. And of course, I misspelled bear. I, I said B-A-R-E. I actually realized that it was a mistake, but I had to run out, grab my kids, and I came back and I hit send before I fixed it. And people responded back saying, you know, you misspelled it. Like we're right to copywriters. So of course they notice this stuff. But but the rest of the world doesn't, right? Like those things actually don't matter. In fact, sometimes when you make a mistake like that and you start getting those responses back, that's actually a signal to Gmail that people are engaging with our emails. And so I actually know copywriters who do that on purpose. They'll misspell a word in the subject line or or leave mistakes in on purpose just to get that engagement. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So uh, being real, being, I mean, I, I even um, on one of my old opt-ins where, where I was saying, hey, sign up for my daily emails. I said, look, I'm going to email you every day with value. It's going to be really good, but there's going to be typos. If you can't deal with the typos and you still, and, and because even this thing is free, don't opt into the thing. There's going to be typos. I'm dyslexic, for goodness sake. This is going to happen. So ab- absolutely. So um, so we want to make sure we've got our real voice in there. Have you got any other techniques that you feel like 
you, you use to really get your voice in there rather than it sounding like a robot or bland McBland face. Yeah, one one thing that you can do that helps develop that voice is actually a persuasion technique called liking. Uh, and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Cialdini in his book, Influence, wrote about liking. And liking is basically, uh, just like it sounds, you're helping people to like you as the person that's communicating with you. And the way that you do that is through exposure, repeatedly showing up, and then also sharing details uh, personal details about you that help people connect. So for instance, you guys do a really good job of this. You know, I know from your welcome sequence that, that Rob is a Coke addict. And, uh, from listening to your podcast, I know that Kennedy always orders vanilla ice cream, which is ridiculously silly, uh, and a good way to miss out on the best things in life. But I, but I know those things about you and those personal details connect with, with your readers, with your listeners. And so, Adding personal details to a sales letter, to sales emails, uh, all of that stuff really works. And and just you know, from my own examples, uh, the number one email that I got responses from, over a hundred people responded to me. Um, and it's a, not something that everybody can do every day. But when I shared the details of my mom passing away a couple of years ago, I got tons and tons of responses, and it was a very personal, very um, you know, it was, it was, yeah, I was a little sad, you know, some things that I was sharing about her, um, but I was being very personal and people engage with that. Right. A, a couple of weeks ago, I post, I sent out an email talking about how the fact that I, uh, unlike Rob Temple have given up Coke zero, uh, at least temporarily, we'll see how long it lasts. But again, this is something that I've written about a lot in our emails. It shows up in photos in our brand. And I had at least a dozen people respond back, say, I can't believe it. There's no way that's true. You drink too much Coke. Like those kinds of personal details create personal connections. And that is vital because people buy from people that they like and trust. Do you have any guidance around people when they hear about us talking, saying, hey, share personal details? Do you do you have any advice people are worried about the boundaries around that? Like, I don't want to be, feel vulnerable and exposed to the world. I mean, I have a really simple solution to that, and I think it's maybe common sense, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. I don't think it has to be something as deep and meaningful as a personal loss. I think you can do that. Um, that's one way to go. But like Rob said, that doesn't always make sense and the stories we share. An easy way to do it is to share little details like nostalgia, nostalgic details. Pop culture is huge. So if you can just start to insert some pop culture into your emails, that gives people a way into your world. And pop culture is great because for the most part, like even if we're not super fans of, let's say, The Simpsons show, we're all aware of it. So as soon as we talk about it, it opens a doorway for people to come in. And that's very different than me talking about a really hard story from when I was 10 years old, but it's an easy way to just open a door so people can connect quickly. I think I think one of the interesting things about this sharing fact and this this idea of liking is it's interesting. Even though you're going to have people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum to you and therefore have absolutely zero uh, thing in common. So for example, I'm addicted to drinking Coca-Cola. Other people might hate it, right? And they might even think that like if they're like an avid health and fitness nut, then they might they might be actively against me for it. But it doesn't matter whether they're on the same page or not. It just matters that they understand it. So I remember when I wrote about an email about the fact I briefly, very briefly, taken up running. Uh, as like a, a thing um people replied saying why have you done that I, I, running's awful you're gonna hate it and some people are like oh my god i go running three times a day i love it it's the best thing ever and then a bunch of other people are somewhere in the middle saying oh i'm thinking about and it doesn't matter which of those three people which of those three camps somebody falls into they can't help but like build that deeper relationship which is great 
Yeah. It's those, it's those relationships that matter. And it doesn't even have to be something significant. Uh, you know, if you've ever met somebody who has the same birthday as you, you feel an instant connection, right? There's something that you've got in common. And so just sharing those kinds of details. And by the way, we don't have anything in common with the people that we share birthdays with other than the fact that we share a birthday, right? Like totally different politics, beliefs, whatever, but because we have something in common, it creates a connection. So looking for ways to create that connection in your copy is really important. That's cool. And the only way to do that is to, is to share those little bits about you and just put, you can put just some little, uh, little barriers around the stuff that you think actually this is part of my world that I don't want to talk about. And you might have things about, Hey, I don't want to talk about my kids or I don't want to talk about my parents or that's cool. Like that's, that's down to you. The good news is like, we all get to choose what we do and what we don't talk about. There's so many different things we can talk about there. Okay, cool. So this idea of liking is a really interesting thing. And I think a lot of our listeners will, will be like, yeah, I'm definitely on board with that. What are the other techniques? What are some other techniques we can use to really connect with people through that black and white text on the screen? Let me give you one more that's really closely related to liking. Um, I, 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 we can keep going forever, but there's another one called significance. And that is helping the person that you're writing to or talking to feel like they're important. And uh, this, this seems pretty obvious, but a lot of times when we're doing sales copy, uh, we don't actually do that. We're talking about our stuff, you know, and so, of course, you can talk about the problem that you solve, but um, helping the person that you're writing to feel seen, like you understand what they're going through, um, not necessarily agitating the pain that they're feeling, but empathizing with, with whatever is going on in their life. And there's a lot of different ways to do this. One of my favorite ways is a sales letter that I saw way back in the 70s. And it starts out, I think it was for uh, Newsweek magazine. And it starts out and says, if the list that I got your name from is any indication, then I know that you are a person of great taste. You know, you, you're, you're really smart in the way that you invest, right? Like immediately you're starting to talk about how good the person that, that you're talking to is. It's a little bit of flattery. Uh, you know, you're helping them, you know, feel uh, important. And there's some really interesting science around flattery. When you say good things about a person, even if they know that you're being insincere or that you have an ulterior motive, it still uh, increases their liking of you, the person is saying it, because we all like hearing good things about ourselves. So, so anything that you can do as you're writing in your emails to help your reader feel significant, seen, heard, important is another really good way to connect. So I, like I said, it kind of goes uh, hand in hand with liking. I like it a lot. I'll tell you who uses this a lot. I did a lot of studying in, in my world to do with fraudulent psychics uh, who were using techniques which were not to do with communicating with other worlds and, and past lives and stuff like that. And one of the things they do is, 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 is literally, it's called flattery. And literally, if you can't not like somebody who says, well, um, one of the things I'm sensing about you is you're the kind of person who other people really warm to and uh, you're the kind of person who people love to be friends with. No one in the world is going to go, that's not me. I'm a terrible human being. Like, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's just not going to happen, is it? Um, and I think flattering people, and that's a really cool trick that you can use to go beyond just bland flattery, which is it's a really simple technique, and that is to go to tell them why. So I think you look really nice today because those new spectacles are lovely, or I love your headphones, or whatever it's going to be. If you tell somebody why and pick out a detail, you end up being able to like make it much more of a solid thing. What I am always curious, because we all can read about these amazing 
um, influence and, and persuasion techniques and tactics that we can use when writing copy, communicating, and whether it's in email, it's on social media, wherever it happens to be. But I'm curious, in the copywriting process, when you're, I mean, you're both professional copywriters ha- as, all, as well as having these hundreds of students around the world learning from you these copywriting techniques. In the copywriting process, when is it you write in or put in these persuasive techniques? For some people, they might say it's a thing that goes last and you come back and do this as a sprinkling. Is it a thing that you're writing as you go? Like, when do you go, oh, right, now it's, co- now it's persuasion time. I start with some of them. So especially for pattern interrupt, you know, it's a busy world with a lot of messages. So I I constantly am thinking about how am I going to grab attention to get them to open the email, to get them to read the email, to get them to continue reading the email. So that's something I don't usually add later. Um, I prioritize it. But details like liking, flattery, adding specific details, nostalgia, pop culture, I can insert that later, unless it's kind of the theme of the email and I start there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it uh, as you do more of it, it just becomes natural, right? You start thinking uh, about the person that you're writing to. You start thinking about the things that you can share. And and the great thing about email is that you can do this over time and you can drip it out. Uh, you know, on a sales page, you've kind of got to throw all of it into one message, right? But with email, you can drip out a, a hint here and a hint there, and you can, you know, from from you can do maybe more liking in one email and maybe a little bit more significance, a little bit more brand voice, or some of the other techniques that are out there. Uh, slowly and surely, and over time, it all just builds into the the thing that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly thinking about when am I losing them? When do I need to pull them back in? When does this sound like every other copywriter, every other business owner, every other marketer? So I might have to go back and add some specific details or even pump my voice up to an 11 so I can stand out and hold their attention. And do you find that this applies differently in email to other forms of copy? Like if you're doing a long form sales letter or a VSL script or something like that, is it does it, is the application of this different? Obviously, you said you can like drip it out over time, but like in terms of the the nitty gritty in in the in the weeds writing an an individual email. Well, I, I think the main difference between email and all other kinds of communication is just how personal it is. Uh, you know, you are showing up one-to-one, even though everybody knows you're writing one-to-many, right? It's a one-to-one communication. And so in that way, I think using techniques like liking significance, you know, anchoring, you know, some of the others that are out there, it has a um, more impact uh, than it does, you know, when you're reading a sales page, everybody shows up. He's like, oh yeah, this is written for the masses, right? So I think that's one advantage that email has. And because like we were saying earlier, you know, you can drip it all out. It builds over time with a sales me- a sales page uh, or other kinds of communications. You kind of have one hit. Uh, you might be able to bring them back for a second or a third hit, but it's pretty rare that people come back to a sales page day after day after day, like they will with an email list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. You did, you did mention anchoring, so I think we should just generally we should absolutely share what we mean by that because I know while some of us might know, and we we might all have slightly different definitions of this as well. We'll just share when you talk about anchoring and using that technique in email in copy. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so anchoring is just the idea of attaching whatever you're talking about to some other idea. It's most commonly talked about when we talk about pricing. You know, you you throw out a price, and so now you're anchoring to a specific price. Um, but it's much broader than that. You know, if you uh, have a product that you want to make it seem really valuable, then you want to anchor that to something that is valuable. So, uh, you know, let's say that I'm launching 
uh, a new course. And I, you know, I want to call it maybe the Rolls Royce of courses about copywriting, right? Or you can anchor things low as well and say, um, you know, because this, I, I want to make it so valuable. I want to make sure everybody can afford it, that we've kind of given it a Walmart price or an Aldi price. I think Aldi is the, the UK Walmart, right? So you can anchor to ideas that people already have in their heads and it, it basically, it attaches whatever you're doing to the value that they've assigned to that thing. Yeah, you're creating like a frame and you're sort of um, you're, you're sort of associating those two things together. It's a super useful thing to do when creating like a perspective of, of something, isn't it? Uh, I absolutely love it. It's great. It's great stuff. So um, some of the things that we're saying to do, we're going to be using, we're going to be using anchoring a lot of our emails to 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 frame things and give them some kind of relative um, value often, often value, sometimes not, but uh, it can be experiential as well. Like it's as easy as it can be that kind of thing. You can, you can anchor towards um, simplicity of things as well, I guess. Um, which has worked well, which has works well. I like that. Liking, having your brand voice as as well. Is there any other persuasion techniques which you think actually, actually everybody should really be doing this? This is something I'm always doing when I'm writing emails, when I'm writing copy, when I'm coaching copywriters. Uh, have you got one more thing for us? I'd say, I mean, building trust today is very important. Um, I think understanding the stressometer of the audience and reading the room, and that can change. That's more happening in the background understanding what the reader is dealing with in their mind, in their community, globally, while they read that email. So I think it's relevancy is most important right now. If you write an email and send it out to someone who's dealing with a conflict in, in their country, and you're not speaking to that, you're missing the mark. And worse yet, they'll jump off your list, and they're not going to come back. So we can talk about all these other persuasion techniques. But if you don't nail that, then you're going to lose people. Yeah, I think just being being aware, like don't be like, okay, well, I'm, I said I was going to email today about this thing, and so what? There's a horrible thing happening in the world. That was today's email, and it's going out regardless. No, I think I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. Being being aware and and making sure you build that relationship. I love it. Okay, now I think we should head into this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Ah, what is subject line for the week, please? Uh, I'll go first. I know we have two, right? Oh because yeah, you're gonna do two. two okay, great. Us, that's so cool. Yeah, that's good. You, maybe, maybe we should call it subject lines of the week. And, uh, and I'm not recording a new, a new video <laughs> for that. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. So my my favorite subject line. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many that that I like, but one that we sent out a couple of years ago. Uh, it's in quotes, and it simply is that will be twenty seven thousand dollars. Oh, and bring cash. He said. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, Why do you the, think that worked? Well, it's the beginning of a story, right? So it, it's an immediate hook and it, you're I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? Uh, there's a kind of a weird number that, that catches attention. It's a big number. And, you know, a lot of people are like, wait, $27,000. And then the Owen bring cash just, uh, I mean, it's, it's intriguing. It's like, wait a second, maybe something shady is going on here. And the email was really about um, a copywriter who uh, um, wanted to be an apprentice to Gary Halbert. It's a friend of ours, Sam Markowitz, amazing copywriter. And he he asked Gary Halbert, who you know is sort of known as the greatest copywriter in the world, uh, if he could be his apprentice. And that was the response that he got. He's like, I'll give you three weeks for $27,000. Oh, and bring cash. And uh, <laughs> he actually showed up with $27,000 and became uh, Gary's last protege before he died. Wow. Amazing. Wow. What a story. Yeah, and a what a, what cool a story. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Uh, Kira. It's hard, it's hard to top that one, but my favorite is, subject line is that time I tied up Rob, 
dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, that and then you, you'll know why I didn't choose that one, right? Because being tied <laughs> up in the basement by Kara. Mm, there's yeah. a whole story there. Yeah, there's a whole story. But yeah, hopefully that creates intrigue. Uh, we had a decent uh, open rate for that one. I like it. I like it. That's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. That, guys, thanks so much for joining us. This has been brilliant. For people who want to find out more about you and everything you're doing, tell us where do we go? How do we find you? What's next? Yeah, so you'll find us at thecopywriterclub.com. We have the Copywriter Club podcast. We also have a free Facebook group. But for your listeners, you know, we've been talking about persuasion techniques. If you go to thecopywriterclub.com forward slash Robin Kennedy and spell out Robin Kennedy, uh, we'll have a checklist of 27 different persuasion techniques that you can download, um, you know, check out using your own writing. And so hopefully that's helpful to anybody who's been listening. Amazing. Massive. Absolutely fantastic. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Rob and Kira, thank you so much for being on the email marketing show this week. Thanks everybody. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We will see you then. Bye.